scheme the gates of hell have deployed against this Lionheart Church. We declare divine intervention, breakthrough, and restoration, enabling the body of Christ to move forward. We're going forward. No more backwards moving. We're moving forward. No moving back. We're going forward. We're pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high call in this mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. May the powers and angels of heaven be released to bring destruction on the head of any spirit, any person or organization dead in the way of God's will for the church and its people. In the name of Jesus, we wage war. We wage war. We wage war. We wage war. And we realize that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We pull down strongholds. We pull down strongholds. We pull down strongholds. And everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in the name of Jesus. We fervently pray for the dismantling of every attack, every weapon, every scheme. The gates of hell have deployed against Lionheart Church. We declare divine intervention breakthrough and restoration that enables the body of Christ to move forward in his mission to spread the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. May the powers and angels of heaven be released to bring destruction on the head of any spirit, any person or organization standing in the way of God's will for this church and this people in the name of Jesus. Every yoke, every yoke, every yoke is destroyed. Every plan is destroyed, annihilated, and brought to naught in the mighty name of Jesus. Against this church, against Lionheart, against this people, in the name of Jesus. We fall, we come against every attack. Every invasion, every intrusion that's not like you, we cast it down in Jesus' name. We pull it down, 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 down. Bow, bow, bow right now. Come on, beloved. Come on, beloved. We have the power. We have the ability. We have the power. We have the power. We have been empowered by the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. The Word of God. Be healed in your mind. Be healed in your body. Be healed in your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Land or church is a healing station. Land or church is a way station. In the hospital for sinners. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, reach in, reach in. Reach in, let's birth this baby. Let's birth this baby. Let's give birth to this baby in the mighty name of Jesus. We fervently pray for the dismantling, for the separating, for the scattering of every attack, every weapon, and every scheme. The gates of hell have deployed against this Lionheart Church. We declare divine intervention. We declare it, we speak it. We declare divine intervention, breakthroughs and restoration. Restoration, God, restoration. Restorate, restoring hope, restoring faith in you, in enabling the body of Christ to move forward. We have a forward look. No more looking back, we're looking forward. To spread the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. May the powers and angels of heaven, angels of heaven who we cooperate with, who we are in collaboration with, to be released to bring destruction. 
bring destruction, mass destruction on the head of any serpent. Our feet shall bruise, our heels shall bruise his head. Our heels shall bruise his head. Our heels shall bruise his head of every spirit, every person, and every organization in the way of God's will for the church and for this people. Speak in your spiritual language. Speak in your spiritual language. It will empower you. It will empower you. It will enable you. It will energize you. Father, we thank you for the breakthrough. We thank you for the breakthrough tonight. We thank you for the habitation tonight. Not just a visitation. We thank you for the habitation. There will be a habitation tonight in the name of Jesus. On every believer, online, our church, in the mighty name, upon the pastor, upon the recipient. Give us the heart to receive what you have. Open us up. Let our ground, let the ground of our heart be fertile. Let it be good ground in the name of Jesus. We travail, Lord. We travail, Lord. We travail before you in the name of Jesus. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, push, push. Push, 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 push. Let's lift our voice and pray. Lord God, your word said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. It makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its workings. And so, Lord God, as we come to you tonight, we know, Almighty God, because we come to you in spirit and in truth, that your will will be done in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you because in the name of Jesus, we ask, oh Lord God, for new, fresh, and deeper and deeper experiences with you, oh Lord God, with the person of the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask you that you to help us to form a strong relationship with you as you lead us into all truth and show us the future. Oh God, we thank you that you will show us things to come that your word says if we call to you you will show us those things that are hidden the things that we do not know and the things we do not understand so lord god as we come tonight knowing oh father that because of the spirit that is within us oh lord god when we ask you will show us oh lord god open our eyes to see lord open our eyes to see and our ears to hear the things that you are saying to us through the holy spirit Father, we ask you to open our eyes to see the, the, any dangers that are coming, O oh Lord God, and the things that are coming and how to prepare, O oh Lord God. Help us, O oh Lord God, and give us everything that we need, Lord God, because we come to you. Father, you will open our eyes to see those things. We thank you, Father, because we are looking to you. you your word says you are the author and the finisher of all things. So, Father, we only look to you, O oh Lord God. We do not look to human efforts. We do not look to human desires. We do not look to human will. We do not look to humans. Anything, O oh Lord God, that is human. We take our eyes off it and we only fix our eyes on you. Father, we thank you because we will yield everything to you, O oh Lord God. We will yield everything to you, Father. 
we will yield our will to you, Lord God, so that you can open our eyes to see, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, help us, Lord, to have a better relationship with the Holy Spirit, the one that came, that he can show us the way that we should go. Even show us the things that we need, oh Lord God. Father, help us to be attached and in tune to the Spirit tonight. In the name of Jesus. Father, we know when we pray in the Spirit, oh Lord God, that we build ourselves up. And as we build ourselves up, oh Lord God, we are more open to your spirit. We are more open to hear you because your word says, my sheep, they hear my voice and a stranger's way will not follow. So Lord God, our desire is to follow you and you alone. Your word said the steps of a good man, they are ordered of you, oh Lord God. And you, oh Lord God, as you order our steps, we will do the things that you desire for us to do, oh Father. Because from before the foundation of the earth, Lord God, you have ordained that we're able to walk in this, oh Lord God. We thank you, Father, for what you will continue to do in and through us as we yield ourselves to you, as we yield everything to you, Lord God, knowing that your spirit is with us, knowing that your spirit is in us. Lord God, we thank you because we pray, oh Lord, that you, mighty God, would continue to infuse us as we look to you in every situation, in every circumstance, oh Lord God. Let's continue to press in. Let's continue to press in. Continue to build yourself up. Continue to build yourself up. Jembaka, Masho, Olemenda, Mashumbe, Mango, Jimbala, Makata. Jimbala, Masa, Kishe, Oso, Ojilamanan, Rabakaya, Nashama, Mata, Bakata, Neshambala, Bakaira, Ojilamanan, Rakata, Jenga, Mata, Mesho, Olemen, Raman, Mo, Shambilamanan, Rabaka. Medo Shepaka, Aliba, Mando, Ribanganama, Matoko, Ore Menendra Bakata, Eshele Menendra Manandra, Wize Bokoshe, Adianda Labakata, O Shele Menendra Makata, O Shele Menendra Bekata, O Shebaka, Alimanandra Bakata, Yeshalabazoteke, Ijamanama Sande, Jengalamanandra Makayaba, Yeloboko, Lemenendra Makata. Jimananda Lamanan Robokoya, Eshelebe Rebekete, Lima Nananamanamo, O Shebekea, Ulamaman de Lebekete, Olemen and Ramakaya Rabasaya Rabaha, Masholemen and Ramakango Lebekete, O Gilaman and Ramaka, Lamananda Rabakoya, O Gelaman and Ramakaya Rabosoto Sheket, Jolaman on the Lobekea and Rabakaya. Oh, shalamanan tan de lebe 
Bekeyena, Ojela Manandeja, Neshe Holemen and Rakate, Randele Bekete, Jambato, Holemen and Nandeya, Shandabaka, Nesholomon on Dolebeka, Elaman and Rabaka, we shellemen and Ramaka, we send Bekeshete, Olebere de Bosso. Ola mananda la manandra baka lendele bekena nana manan jemhandele mondele beketere bisholo menenda nandele baka yanama ola mananda la lekeke chonde nashamba diala maka jemhole menenda ndala beke limba nana nama soy la meso jo manande dekete popo ila manan hoje baka Shelonde le pake te core, rambele besore menenda, shemasikato, shempolem batata shekete, ole katoho, masho, nesam, mesho, shelimanda la koye danda yena, namono yelemo, shempaya matas, meshombe ke kata, jilamongoto, ikata, ikoshon, neshando. We thank you, Lord. We honor you, mighty God. You are worthy of honor and praise. You are worthy of honor and praise. Father, you say, enter your gates with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise, to be thankful to you and bless your holy name. So we bless your name tonight, oh Lord God. We honor you, almighty God. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, O oh Lord. We thank you, Lord God, because you said wherever two or three are gathered, you are in our midst. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in our midst, O oh Lord God. Father, we thank you that you will turn the hearts of every person here towards you, mighty God, so that they will only look to you, O oh Lord, for everything that they need, for everything that they need, O oh Lord God. You said you would supply all of their needs, oh Lord God. So we thank you for the supply of the Spirit tonight in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord. Give him honor. Give him honor. Give him honor. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. We honor you, O oh Lord. 
Great are you, Lord. You are greatly to be honored. You are greatly to be praised, O Lord God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me. I bless and I honor the Holy Spirit. I bless and I honor the Most High God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give you thanks and praise. We give you glory and honor, O oh God. We magnify you and give you thanks. Give you thanks. Holy Spirit, reactivate us on tonight. Refire us and retool us on tonight. Refresh us on tonight and ignite our relationship with you again. Father, we thank you for the refreshing. Thank you, Lord God, for this time of prayer, this time of supplication. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that our minds have been renewed with peace and that our hearts, O oh Lord God, have been built up to receive the engrafted word of God. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us on tonight. Lead us and guide us on tonight. Lead us and guide us on tonight. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Just worship him for a moment and give him thanks and praise and glory and honor, O oh God. We thank you. We bless and honor you on tonight, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be your holy name, Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, O Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, O God. Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name, O God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. We bless and honor your holy name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence being on here in this place on tonight. Thank you, Lord God, for every person that is driven to this place, those who have joined us online in different places. Oh, Lord, pray that the same spirit that's in here will be upon the different addresses. Those, oh, Lord God, that are in their different homes, help them, oh, Lord God, to remove distractions in the name of Jesus and to focus in on the engrafted word, oh, Lord God, and give their attention to it and not to another. Thank you, Father God, for every person that has joined us on tonight. Let this be the beginning, O oh Lord God, of greatness in the name of Jesus. Let this be the beginning, O oh Lord God, of something marvelous, something magnificent, something that was preordained before the foundations of the world. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for the honor of allowing us to be a part of it. Help us to not lose our place and fall by the wayside. Thank you, Lord God, for doing these things. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen, 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 amen. Good evening, everyone. Go ahead and give someone a high five, a hug. Tell them you're glad to see them on tonight. You may be seated.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glad to see you all out on this evening. I just uh, gave them a break for the praise and worship because I didn't know, you know, yesterday was the holiday. Some people were probably like, well, technically you could have canceled service. Yeah, I know, but if I keep saying first and third, I got to hold to that, then it creates all different type of confusion. Is that a noise or is it just me? Oh, I couldn't tell if it was an echo or something where I was. All righty. So we, we may or may not do, uh, I don't know, we may or may not do uh, some of the deliverance stuff at the end. Most of you, a lot of you are familiar faces anyway. But, um, you know, we are uh, going into a new direction, starting a new series. This series is extremely important. Some things that the Holy Spirit has said to me that we're going to reactivate. And so I'm going to just jump right over into it. <clears throat> Sometimes deliverance and healing, different things like that. Be honest with you, a lot of inner healing and deliverance comes about through repentance. Um, it comes about through repenting, changing our ways, uh, reactivating. It's a lot of people that are in trouble right now for one reason. They stop praying and they stop being in the word. And a lot of times people, they want a quick, quick answer. You know, but, you know, how many know, um, if you if you used to be, oh, let me be careful. If, we, if you used to be 130 pounds of muscle and now you're way in another category, you know, how many know, it's not a rocket science, you know. It's simply that you stop practicing what you used to practice to maintain that type of disciplined look. And so all you have to do is go back. You can always tell people the first time at the gym they stretch too long, you know, they... <laughs> anyway, and so, uh, but you know, it's just getting back to the, the the basics, and so, but, but this is this is a time when uh, there are certain things the Lord will bring you into. You you can't go back to the basics. You got to stay in the war. So uh, so you know, this is going to be a month um, of uh, like tonight's title is uh, is who is the Holy Ghost, and uh, we're going to spend this entire month on the Holy Ghost. One of the most important subjects to uh, to go over and refresh ourselves when a church is beginning to explode is the subject of the Holy Spirit. I can tell you right now that this is going to be a little bit off the cuff. It is not going to be religious. You know, it is amazing how far off the body of Christ can be. But we are just going to roll through these. Um, I'm doing this more in a class format because I have to kind of as I go along, we have to uh, teach in such a way where I can record these things, put them on a site so that we can point to people. Um, we, are in a, we are in a dimension of speed right now. And so uh, dimension of speed is cool, but how I many you know when you start driving really fast at any moment, you can lose control of the vehicle, you know? And so, uh, so let's go ahead and jump into this. Like I said, the title is, um, Who is the Holy Spirit? It's a question. We are going to begin to define that. Even as I studied, I was blown away at some of the things that I did not even see. But we're going to do this a little bit in a graphic form so I can stay on point and not get off track. One of the things that you'll find, though, is, is that the Holy Spirit loves to be talked about. And so uh, when you do these things, you don't be surprised this coming month, you know, he's going to activate some things. You know, so, uh, so let's look at the first graphic. It says, most Christians think... Most Christians think they love Jesus and would follow him if he was on planet Earth right now. 
but most of us could not handle being one of his disciples. Whereas he was loving and compassionate, he was also ruthless, extremely disciplined, and unrelenting. If Jesus was a pastor today, he would be the most controversial and polarizing person on planet Earth. Most people, under the sound of my voice, would have left his church even though he was perfect. Next graphic says, Jesus would tell you off in front of everyone and was constantly in debates with people against him. He spent a good amount of time defending himself from people who tarnished his name, his words, his actions, and his motives. Though he was perfect, he could not keep most of his disciples. He would not address what people wanted him to address. And he constantly addressed things they wanted him to stay silent about. He is on record for constantly arguing and debating with people, calling people out of their name and even beating people because he didn't like their actions in the temple. Next graphic says, he stretched himself to help people, but many in the community labeled him as arrogant and shockingly rude. See, these are some of the mild statements that he made. I am from above, you are from beneath. Let your dead family members bury your dead father. How I many you know you're not supposed to say nothing like that to people, do you? <laughs> she said, that's what he told them. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. As a result of me, everyone will fight each other. How long do I have to put up with you all? Are a few of the lighter statements that gave him this reputation of being arrogant and rude. It did not matter that he was perfect. He was constantly abused, mistreated, judged, and misjudged, and constantly accused of having the wrong motives and incorrect doctrine. His family did not believe in him. His disciples constantly frustrated him, and the religious leaders constantly attacked him and more than once tried to kill him. The majority of his disciples left him because they thought he was off, but he was perfect. Just because the leader is right and does right does not mean the people around him will act right and do right. There are a group of unclean spirits that are trying to silence our voice and nullify our impact by any means necessary, and they are using the immaturity carnality, ignorance, and inexperience of people to do it. And so uh, so moving forward, I uh, just to let you know, um, um, you know, Randall and I had the privilege of just being around some of the greatest men on planet Earth. And so it's interesting how the ones who do it wrong do it wrong many different ways. The ones who do it right all do it the same way. And it's one of the things that the Holy Spirit ministered to me that he said to others, from Kenneth Hagin to Yonggi Cho to definitely Bishop Oyedipo. It's amazing how they get to a certain point, and then he repeats to the next group what he repeated to the last, and that is you've entered a dimension where I do not want you to try to defend yourself. Uh, you've entered a dimension where I do not want you to try to clap back or try to um, clean up the name that people are running through the mud because you won't be able to keep up with that anymore, okay? 
So, you know, I am, uh, um, so I'm just encouraging you, you know, that, um, you know, I, I don't have time for that. Um, Satan will use that to pull me into things, uh, trying to trip me up. How many know that in Jesus' ministry, they're always trying to trip him up? Always trying to, boom, boom, boom. And people are very good at baiting you into things. You know, very, very good at baiting you into things. So I'm just saying, moving forward, moving forward, you know, I won't be doing those things. I won't be debating. I won't be doing all of those things. And everything I've done in the past has been on point, even though some people don't think it was on point. It was definitely on point. You know, the Bible says, uh, those that sin rebuke before all so that others may not sin. I don't do that. I do things in private. You know, there are times I have to address something. If I'll use Bishop Ricky for an example. You know, Bishop Ricky does something, um, and then other people are then inclined to do the same thing, and it's wrong, whereas my responsibility to warn the rest of the sheep, don't do what this one did. That's just my responsibility. I'm just letting you know. So I encourage you. You know, I didn't put that in the notes because I'm very, very <laughs> you'd be surprised how careful I am. You know, so I'm encouraging you, you know, moving forward, because there are masses amount of people that are running toward us. And some of them already got offended, you know. And so it's okay. You know, they, it's, it's funny because, because if I say to stop sinning in a particular area, then people assume that I'm talking about them. I can't believe he used the pulpit to talk about me. I didn't use the pulpit to talk about you. I used the pulpit to talk about the word. And apparently there's a section of it that you're not obeying. So instead of repenting from your raggedy actions, you'd rather blame me for being in your Kool-Aid. And that's just how people are. So I'm good with that. Trust me on that. You know, when, uh, when, when the Lord releases you to the masses, you don't have to deal with the few that don't want to receive correction. So I'm going to encourage you to do something as you move forward. And that is, if anybody says anything negative about me, don't believe it. If anything, if anybody says anything positive about me, don't believe it. Until you get to the other side of the story. Somebody sends you a text and said, I text Pastor Oath of this. Well, guess what? You don't need to make any conclusions until they read to you my response text. Somebody talked to me on the phone and said, I talked to him on the phone and he said such, such. You don't need to make any conclusions until you actually find out from me the other side of the story. Somebody said that they emailed me. Okay, that's fine, but, you know, you want to find out what the response to the email was. If somebody said that they sent me a homing pigeon, you want to find out the message that I put back in his beak to send back. Because the Bible says the case of the first seems real clear until it's cross-examined. And people love to protect themselves when they're wrong. So the thing is, I won't be responding to that anymore. I'm just going to be preaching the word. And, um, and uh, there it is. I don't have to argue with people because I know I'm right. Every person that's argued with me never gave me the word. To this day, never give me the word. They always give me their feelings, their dreams. Let me tell you something, y'all. If it's, Let me tell you something. Your friends, your enemies, your counterparts, everybody. Just because somebody said that they had, gave, had a dream doesn't mean that they interpreted it correctly. You, you know, I mean, just because somebody said, thus said the Lord, doesn't mean that that's what he really said. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got to be careful. Some of your friends, you might go to them to get a prophetic word or something. Yeah, I need you to check in as a gentleman. Uh, I just saved, I just actually saved two people in the last three days from destroying themselves. And one of them, he heard God tell him, do make this decision. Then he heard, then he said it was very, it was very uh, um, out the box. So he said, so I prayed again. God said it again. 
make this decision. And he thought it was so crazy. He said, I'm going to check in and I'm going to ask somebody to uh, pray and then give me a word about what the Lord told them. And they came back and told him, thus saith the Lord. They didn't say thus saith the Lord. I just always say that. They said, oh, yeah, I checked in with God. And he said it was the right decision. But then things didn't work out. They always come to me last. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I mean, I've been there. Don't trust me. I have made tons of mistakes that I thought I thought was Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and all of the angels. And I was like, oh, that was Lucifer. I don't even know how he got me on that. But I saved the person. I said, well, guess what? You heard wrong twice, and the person you asked to pray, they also misheard because this is what the word says. Boom, boom, boom. This is the pattern in the word. This is the pattern in the word. First thing the person said was, duly noted, I made a mistake. Simple as that. And then I was able to help them out out of the mistake. So, so be careful because um, um, flimsy people don't like word people. Because the word is boring. It, it keeps you on track. It doesn't let you, it doesn't let you jump out there as fast as you want to jump out there. It, it's a safety net. And some people, they have to learn that the hard way. And so, uh, um, yeah. So y'all got me. So. Um, oh, let me, let's read this. Because this is where we are. Let's read the scripture. Luke 14, 16. Jesus replied with a story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent the servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must expect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pair of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. So the servant returned, told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, this is where we are right now. Okay. The first group disqualified themselves. Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, and all of the crazy people that's in social media land. That's why this door just opened up to us. And after the service, and he said, go do it quickly. We're getting ready to move fast. And the servant, after he had done this, he reported. He said, there's still room for more. So the master said, go out into the country lanes, behind the hedges and the alleys. Urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. So there are many people that God has invited to a great many things, but they decide to make excuses about doing right. And so, okay, fine. Well, your excuses cause you to be excused. Let's go out here and get some, get some crazy people. We, we don't have enough. Judas fell off track, so we're going to force somebody like Paul to get saved. So I'm just telling you, that they're going to be people, and I represent the truth, period. You know what I mean by that? I'm saying I, I, I'm going to give you the word. I'm not going to give you my opinion. Some of y'all get tired of the scriptures I give you. Do you really got to do 30 scriptures to make a point? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do. And you, some people, you can give them 50 scriptures, and they still won't get the point. You know, I'm going to tell you something. There's something called the deception test. I am very familiar with the deception test because um, I had to pass it. And I had to pass it by myself. Most people can't pass the deception test by themselves. The deception test, it comes, and when I tell you, it's a huge moment where everything around you says this is God. Then something shows up to tell you, no, it's not. And this is the word. <laughs> 
And then because you are so far ingrained, you have told 30 people that the Lord told you to start this business. You didn't told your family members that you're getting ready to marry this dude. You already bought the airline tickets to move out of town. You're fully invested in this. And then someone of integrity will say, wrong. It's a deception test to see will you always obey the word in spite of all of the other signs that are around you. Hey, so, I mean, we've all made those mistakes. I passed. If I had not passed my deception test, we wouldn't even be in this building. None of you would be here if I hadn't passed that one test. That one test was Satan had convinced me that it was time for me to start my own ministry. Call it Next Level Church. I bought the name, everything. We plowing for it. We getting ready to take over the city. No, you getting ready to be in somebody's backyard. You know the crazy part is? I would have opened up the church. I would have opened up the church and would have gotten results, but I would not have made impact in this world. I would have never met Oyutapo. All of the things that are happening. Everything that's kind of working on autopilot where doors are opening, and I don't even know that. I don't know who's opening them. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. And so, uh, um, oh, so it, it, it would have worked fine because it is one scripture in Psalm. It says, even a tree that's completely pulled up by the roots will grow leaves at the very scent of water. So a man or a woman of God can be off, and if you just get a little bit of the anointing in the room, it'll produce some results. Like Tiffany Montgomery said, accuracy ain't God. It's this little house that we pass on the way home on Porter Springs. It's interesting. It's like it's a little small sign and wonder. And, and it's, it's one house here. I, I should be facing y'all. It's one house here. And it's a house that was converted over into a church. You know, it's, it's, it's obvious it's a church, but it's a house that they converted over to a church. And, and, so, it's, and so if you're facing it, it's on the right. And then... And then something mysterious on that patch of road, that is no other place on that road, it's a whole bunch of, like, trees just packed in. It looks like a big, a, a miniature forest right there next to the, And then right on the other side of that dense forest is another house that was converted to witchcraft. It's a very interesting sight. When you drive so right on Portal Springs Road. And so if you stood there, you would see the house of God on the right and you see this big sign that says psychic. I'm not going to mention her name. Big old sign. Big old blown up sign. And, and there's this, this layer of thick darkness in between both of them. And it's, the whole thing is weird because the trees sitting there are weird. Okay. So Satan is just beginning to throw his full weight at us because Jesus is now using us to fill his house. So before I jump into this, I guess I should have shared all of this in the beginning. One of the reasons why it's important for us to teach on the Holy Ghost is because Throughout this month, we're going to be moving over into um, developing um, um, online house churches. Um, I believe that's something that we're supposed to do. It had been on my heart. It's another ministry that does it that's very similar to ours. I haven't even looked at it yet. I just found out they do it. But um, it is impossible. It's, you have to be... There are some times that you can't pick up something from heaven because your mind is too small. You're trying to, you, you, you want heaven to give you a blueprint based on the past, but they're trying to give you a blueprint based on the future. 
And, and the future is always new technology and new things and doing things a different way. And so, uh, so we're going to let you know about that. We'll be rolling it out. Um, and so this is not something where uh, we will be disqualifying people is that anybody that wants to be, let me tell you something, this will actually be a type of extension of, of the pastor. You actually be in an assistant pastor role. What if I'm single? Jesus and Paul were single. What if I'm female? It was a woman named Deborah in the Old Testament and all of the kings and politicians came to her and then when a general went to war, they wouldn't even go unless she led it. So quit disqualifying yourself over this stupid stuff that religion says. Okay, so it's literally something where See, see, with the regular house church, you have to let people come into the bigger organization. And then let's say, for example, she's a house church leader. And, you know, two people join the church, then we give them to her. Another two people, we give them to her. So over a period of time, this is different. We got to give people 20 people at a time. That's where you start. Because we, again, we increased by about a million people in <laughs> five months. You should, if I bring up my... And apparently some people don't like this, and it's okay. They send me emails, send them out of order, and I'm about the numbers. No, Jesus is about the numbers. He's the one who said, it's, all, it's God's will that all men be saved. Yes, amen. That's just stupid. Amen. These same people that go to be a Beyonce concert and be happy that it's packed. But anyway, what are they gonna, if I pull up TikTok, what you usually see at the bottom is four, three rows where the numbers max out every single day. Every single day, the numbers maxed out from messages. So one of them will say 999 because you can't go any further. See, and these, so, so these people are reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. Well, guess what? They're reaching out because the Lord knew that I had a particular formula that he would give me to be able to reach back, which is as they reach out, I'm not going to draw them to me. Uh, we will all work collectively to draw them to Christ. And we still won't be able to keep up. So I want you to think about if I got a, I mean, I can't tell you how many emails we have ready now. And I take 20 people giving to you, 20 people giving to you, 20 people giving to you, 20 people giving to you. These are your disciples. And so we're going to give you a format by which you will teach. So they, I didn't plan on saying none of this. I'm going to start, I'm going to start the message over. No, I'm not. So, so now this is the thing is that it's not going to just be nilly willy. What I mean by that is, is that we're going to give you a format that God go by, but you have freedom within that format. You understand what I'm saying? Because, how, you know, they, uh, two of my kids work at Chick-fil-A. Three of my kids work. It doesn't matter how many kids work at Chick-fil-A. They open up a new Chick-fil-A down the street. When they open up a new Chick-fil-A, they use the same format as the other one that was open. When they open up a Chick-fil-A in another state, they use the same format as they did in the original state. See? And so how you operating the law of dominion is by you keep everything uniform so it can be easily duplicated we don't need you trying no new formulas when it comes to open up a chick-fil-a because this is tested and this is true here you come talking about well i'm gonna open up a chick-fil-a and we're gonna start selling steak don't you see never mind see so and so how many so so we have to keep this uniform so so there are really two qualifications for this, and that is people who can follow directions and people who are living right. Okay, so we'll explain that more as we roll this out this month, but there's no way in the world, when you read the book of Acts carefully, you saw people just, it was complete chaos. You didn't know who was the preacher, who was the, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, Stephen was picked to wait tables. So many y'all that read, how many folk reading the Bible in here? You're gonna, if not, you're gonna start today. What is, Stephen was picked to wait tables. 
so that the apostles and the prophets could spend more time with God. They said, it is not right for us to be sitting up here serving food and we can't spend time with God. They said, y'all pray, pick out seven men who we may appoint over this business of serving food. Two of the individuals that they picked were Stephen and Philip. So explain to me why the next few chapters are talking about Stephen and Philip. They show, y'all supposed to be working tables. Why is Stephen doing miracles? Philip's supposed to be waiting tables. What is he doing walking down? You go back and read it. It says the angel told him, walk this way, walk this way. And it says when he obeyed the instruction from the angel, then the Holy Ghost told him, go join that chariot of that African man right there. So it was an Ethiopian eunuch of great authority who happened to be reading Isaiah. Philip walked up, heard what he was reading. He said, uh, you know what you read? He said, how can I? I don't have anybody to guide me. It says, Philip got in the chariot, preached the gospel to the man. They stopped the chariot. He baptized the man. And then Jesus made the Philip disappear. But you, you're supposed to be waiting tables. You're not supposed to. You see what I'm saying? So the scary thing about some of these ministries in the last days it is the ones that are willing to use everybody that'll be attacked the hardest. You know, like Oedipo said, he said, you can't kill me. I've already reduplicated myself in too many men. Okay. So, whoa, excuse me. So this season, as a result of we do these things, it'll require us to fully rely on the word of God, the genius of the Holy Ghost. He is the only one that can successfully lead us through this level of mayhem, darkness, and supernatural growth. So what's very interesting, we'll see what type of attacks show up when it's not about one man, it's about every man. Most people have never, we never seen those type of attacks because everything was about the guy standing behind a desk. You know what I'm saying? It was the pastor's church. It was everything was about the pastor, the pastor, the pastor, the pastor, the pastor, the pastor, the pastor. Okay, so, so it'll be interesting to see what will happen. When uh, it's no longer about the pastor, it's about Jesus, 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 Jesus using everybody. And some of you, you're already nervous. You're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, the reason why you don't know is because you've been taught, you've been, dis you've been disqualified all your life. See, so let me say something. Uh, <laughs> you never know how a person treats you until you make a mistake. That's why people act such a fool on me, because they know I won't act a fool back if they make a mistake. But I like that. Trust me. Anyway, what's the, what's, the, what's the phrase? Keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. You'd be surprised what I have done and knew that it was the devil. Jesus picked one of his disciples and knew that he was going to. You'd be surprised what I would do. Under the direction of the Holy Ghost. You're like, I can't. You find out when you get to heaven. So, y'all ready? The person of the Holy Ghost is one of the most misunderstood and misinterpreted subjects in the Christian faith. He is a ghost that is holy, a divine being without a body, a real person that can duplicate himself an unlimited amount of times, excuse the typo, real but completely mysterious. The evangelicals see him as the dormant, unannounced guest on the inside. And, and, and it's, I know some of y'all like, this is some pretty good articulate language. Yeah, I didn't use artificial intelligence. 99% of this message are my words. Is my words. Yes, 
I got it. I did that on purpose. I told you I could be very professional. So this, yes, this is this is most of my language, 99% of it. Pentecostals see him as the force behind speaking in tongues and the motiv motivator of spiritual excitement. Often his presence is displayed with great emotional display. The charismatics presented the Holy Spirit to the world as the operator of signs and wonders and diverse manifestations like falling under the power, which in most cases was fake, and laughing in the spirit. Y'all like, did you really say that? That's exactly what I said. See, he watched, you know, here's my theory behind this. Okay, I shouldn't say theory. Number one, see, I'm a word man. Okay, did y'all see Jesus lay hands on anybody and they fell out under the power? Yeah. Now, guess what? That is true. Sometimes the anointing can be so strong or the person can be so receptive, they will fall out. Yeah. I'm not saying that's not true. Right. What I'm saying is when you create it as a doctrine. Okay, there are only two cases where you saw people fall out under the power. When they came to arrest Jesus and they said, he said, who are you looking for? They said, we're looking for Jesus now. He said, I am he. And the whole army fell backward to the God. And then these dummies got back up and Jesus said, I said, who are you looking for? It's amazing the type of games he was playing. That and in the Old Testament, it says the presence of God was so strong that the priests could not stand up in the temple and do their services. They were laid out in the spirit. Okay. So, and then my theory was, is that if it was enough power to knock you down, then why did you get back up with a cane and still walk? Right. If it was enough power to knock you down, then how come the sickness and disease did there? Right. So the power was enough to knock you down, but not enough to knock out the issue? Wow. Yeah. So that was me. But You go back and read some, you know, guys like Oral Roberts, all of those guys back in the day, John G. Lake. They would sit in the chair and people would walk up and they would just lay hands on them. Sickness and disease would melt off and then they would keep it moving. Today, I saw a, I saw a male, I said guy. I won't mention his name because if I do, most of you probably know who it is. Um, something Bishop Ricky told me. He says some people are gift. They have a gift. He said, but the character of the gift is off. And so, uh, so this particular gentleman, I watched it. They pulled up a line to give everybody a word. No, he put up a line to lay hands on people. He laid hands on this young girl. I felt, man, I wanted to reach through that screen and punch this guy in the eye. He, he, he laid hands on the girl, and because she wouldn't fall down right in front of everybody, he said, what you come up here for if you ain't going to uh, receive? Embarrassed the girl so bad. And the girl was sitting there like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And he just going off on the girl, never did go back to the girl. Just walked off. Said it again. What you come up here for if you ain't going to receive? She did want to receive. She didn't want to fall on her butt. Power has nothing to do. Y'all see how perverted and twisted and ignorant and dumb and stupid this has become? And guess what? All the preachers that lay hands and knock people down, you see them, they push your head all the way back. Dude, if I do get healed, you're going to have to take me to a doctor and get a neck brace. Did y'all know that the number two reasons that the number two reasons that churches get sued is the secretary told on the pastor because he was doing stuff illegal. And the second one, the second reason is people who sue because the pastor pushed them down and they bust their head wide open. It's the number two reasons why churches get sued. You're not suing me. Until you show me a scripture 
where falling down has anything to do with healing and laying on of hands. He didn't even say you had to lay hands on the foreheads. He said lay hands on them, which means I can put my hand on your shoulder, on your head, on your arm, on your leg, on your feet. He said lay hands. How many know the lady that got healed with the issue of blood? She didn't even touch Jesus. She touched his clothes. Oh, help us, Lord. So that's the charismatics. Next graphic says, whereas some of these concepts and manifestations are okay in their measure, they are weak and shallow expressions of who the Holy Spirit really is. This has created a watered-down, low-level, mundane, and even perverted view of the third member of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling or a falling out. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling or a falling out. He is not a crying or a wailing. He is not a dance in a church setting, neither is he a shout. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a divine being without a physical body who knows everything, can create anything, and possesses you when you become born into the kingdom of God. We have reduced it down to religion so much that we don't really know what the scripture is saying. This is a ghost that's holy. This is a ghost that possesses you the same way a demon would possess a person. The difference is a demon possesses you, he controls you by force. When the Holy Ghost possesses you, he controls you by will because he's a gentleman. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is in charge of the affairs of the kingdom of God on earth. He is the chief executive of the divine blueprint for planet earth. He is the revealer of the treasures of the kingdom of God and holds the key to the inheritance of the saints. He is by far the most valuable asset to the children of God, yet he is rarely used or consulted even though he speaks. Acts 13.2 One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid hands on them and sent them on their way. <laughs> Acts 8.29. A couple of y'all got that. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. I just showed you this story. So these are scriptures that prove that the Holy Spirit will speak to men and give them direction. You got me? John 16.12. <clears throat> this is a very interesting concept here. There is, this is Jesus saying, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't handle it now. When the spirit of truth comes, so that you know his personality and character, he will guide you into all truth. He will not, this is the phrase I want you to see, he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So, how many of you know that Jesus is the Word? Does not to say Jesus is the Word? So anything that you think the Holy Spirit tells you will never go against the Word because he's only repeating the Word. Jesus told you. The Holy Spirit will never speak of himself. He will never speak on his own. He will only repeat what Jesus said. 
So every time someone has heard from the Holy Ghost, you were actually receiving a message from Jesus that he asked the Holy Ghost to pass on to you. Y'all got me? So every time you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, okay, it wasn't even him. It was him. <clears throat> it's kind of like what you do, you know, when you got kids, you deal with the oldest one, you know, go in there and tell your sister to clean up the kitchen. Okay. Had one son, he's probably a businessman. He he learned how to relay the messages very well. You know, I told him, y'all go in there and clean up the kitchen. He go to the girls, daddy said to clean up the kitchen. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's probably a businessman. He's going to be using employees for the rest of his life. You know what I'm saying? So the Holy Spirit is a relayer of what Jesus said. So if you hear his voice, it was Jesus telling the Holy Spirit, pass this message over to Terry. Pass this message over to Randall. Pass this message over to Janice. I'm watching them do something, and they need some direction. And, and, and your job is to submit to me. You don't. This is an individual that has nothing to say on his own. He only repeats what Jesus said. Understand what I'm saying? And so just since Jesus is the word, then the Holy Spirit is never going to tell you something that's going to break a principle in the word. So when people tell you, I heard from God, well, let's see what the word says about what you heard. Mm. Uh, that doesn't say that in here. Here's a principle in here that goes against what you say you heard, which means you didn't hear from the Holy Ghost. You heard from another individual that got information passed on to you from Satan called a familiar spirit. Y'all got me? John 14, 16. I will pray the Father, this is Jesus, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. If he said forever, that means the Holy Ghost is still going to possess you in heaven. John 16, 7. You know what? Let me tell you something. I, I mean, when I was thinking about this today, I hate to use this word, but you know I'm not a religious man. But it's kind of freaky if you want to ask me a personal opinion. I mean, I want you to think about this. You have to think about this for a second. There is an individual that is a ghost. The difference is he's a holy ghost. And this holy ghost, who is a real person, has possessed you right now. And he stays silent because you don't communicate with him. They're like, true, true. The rest of them trying to figure out, like, I'm possessed. You definitely are possessed. Think about it. And you, that, you know, when I really thought about the reality of it, it kind of made me a little uncomfortable. I got a divine being on the inside of me. So you have to ask yourself a question. You got a divine being on the inside of you that loves to talk, but isn't going to tell what Jesus said. Yeah, he ain't said nothing to you in a long time. We're going to talk about that all this month. Get your stuff together, as they say. John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the comforter will not come to, unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Okay. So, this graphic here, that word comforter, is the Greek word parakletos. So when you see the word comforter, this is the full definition of it. The Holy Spirit is your intercessor. He is your consoler. He is your advocate. 
He advocates on your behalf. He is your comforter. One who is called to stand by one side. One who pleads a case before a judge. Counsel for defense. I love this one. Legal assistant. Helper. Any of you been watching a particular movie or a show? And how many of you know that you very rarely see the lawyer come by himself? He has about two or three other people with him. And you see the person, you know, fighting the case, fighting the case, fighting the case. And then one of the assistants get up and whisper something in his ear. And he jumps up. Judge, well, stop, 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 stop. I just got some information. See, that's, that's, what, the Holy, that's what the Holy... Man, come on. You in a situation. Jesus sees the situation. He tells the Holy Spirit. Uh, give some information to Ricky right quick. He whispers in your ear. That's what he did when he told me, open up the church on Saturdays. That didn't come from the Holy Spirit. That came from Jesus. He relayed the information that Jesus wanted me to do. It's crazy, isn't it? Okay. <clears throat> this next graphic, though, is very important. When Jesus called the Holy Spirit the comforter, he automatically revealed one of his missions. The Holy Spirit was sent to establish comfort for God's people. I want you to think about that. The Holy Spirit was given to you to produce comfort in your life and to make things easy. Y'all got it? I may know that assistant in that courtroom is there to help that lawyer. Make, otherwise, it's, gonna, it's too difficult to fight this case on your own. So you have helpers, and that's the Holy Spirit is the ultimate helper. Okay? But because he is called to give comfort, he is more sensitive than the Father and Jesus. That's why Ephesians 4.30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Now he says something to me today that I did not like. He said, normally when you grieve someone, they go silent on you. <laughs> Y'all looking like... I mean, we got husbands and wives, you know, you, your, your husband grieves you. I'm going to pretend like I ain't looking at y'all. And you go silent on them. You ain't speaking to them for a while. Wow, they have vexed you and they have grieved you. And so now you ain't got nothing to say to them. Now think about it. This is very interesting about the personality of the Holy Spirit. It says that you can grieve him. And if he is grieved with you, he'll shut down on you. Won't say a thing. You'll be headed right to the abyss. He won't say a thing. The word grieve in this next graphic, it means to be, this is what you can do to the Holy Spirit. It means to be sorrowful and to make sorry, to fall into depression, to offend, to make uneasy. When I read that, these are, these are literal biblical definitions of that word. When I read uneasy, can you imagine what type of person, can you imagine if the Holy Spirit is uneasy around you? That's crazy. When the Holy Spirit is uneasy dealing with you, he, he, he's, not un, he's not comfortable with you. 
because you don't put the word first. You put your feelings first, and you put other stuff and what they said and what she said and circumstantial evidence according to the word and the worldly way. He's uneasy dealing with you. He's nervous. He's uncomfortable asking you out for a date. To by your actions produce a feeling in someone that prevents them from doing something for you because it is morally wrong. Just take my time with these. Because it really is crazy. I, I just I didn't even I was just reading some of the scriptures and I'm like, I feel like I'm not even saved. Because and I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. Jesus said, I'm going to leave and then I'm going to send someone and the first thing i'm going to say about him is he is your comforter he's going to be a legal aid he's going to be an intercessor he's going to be a comforter all of those different type of things and he's going to be a helper now now why would he give us somebody like that to help us every once in a while why would he give us someone like that to just help us when we get into a situation when we get into a problem when we have bad relations, why would he give us some, was he given to us? Nowhere in the Bible does it say the Holy Spirit was given to get you out of a problem. You understand what I'm saying? So the thing is, we're supposed to use him almost like a leader. Can I go this way? Can I go that way? Yeah, man. Isaiah 63, just touching these. This, this weekend is going to be really good. Oh, my goodness. This is just like the opening. So this is this service is not about the Holy Spirit. This is uh, this service is about part of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah sixty three nine. And I have to teach it because it's very y'all. This is about building a relationship with a divine being that's a ghost without a body that's living on the inside of you and was given you to help you. Isaiah sixty three. How many of you know? Like me, you have not asked him enough questions. And all their suffering, he also suffered, and he personally rescued them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them through all the years. But they rebelled against him and grieved his Holy Spirit, so he became their enemy and fought against them. The reason I said, you know, this is the really a straight-up deliverance service because at the end of this teaching, we're going to all repent for grieving the Holy Spirit. The problem is you don't know how much you greet him because he just went silent on you and didn't tell you. <laughs> Always remember this. If you grieve the Holy Spirit and he goes silent on you, you'll only find that out as you go through the word and see how much you've been disobeying. Y'all got me? I don't need, I don't need the Holy Ghost is fighting against me. I don't need him going silent on me. I, this dude is... Man, you got to think about this. This dude has one assignment to advance you based on the direction of the one sitting on the throne. Jesus, the one who is sitting at the right hand of our Heavenly Father, gives you an invisible divine ghost that's holy for the purpose of giving you an advantage over any and everything. And we don't consult him. Because we haven't been taught to consult him. We've been taught to listen to preachers. <laughs> Some of y'all sitting there like, you know what? I wish someone he had a talk. I mean, because y'all looking like, I know I have. Because I know I have. My question, was, my question to myself today was, what have I missed? 
What was he supposed to tell me and I didn't hear? Because anything he tells you is not good. It's perfect. It's flawless. And it's eternal. It doesn't matter what Satan has to think about it and what he attacks it. It doesn't matter that he told me to do something strange like start a church on Saturday. It didn't matter what Satan. It didn't matter when the Holy... Man, because that can't... Man, you got to remember... I'm sorry. I'm confusing my own self. I'm talking about, y'all, how many of you, I always have to use this, how many of you would kind of get a little shook if you got a message straight from the president of the United States? You would be like, the president of the United States sent me a message? Yeah. He visited your company the other day, and they mentioned that you were a great employee. And he decided to just send you a personal note. You'd be like, the president of the United States recognized me? Mm -hmm. But then the king of all kings doesn't just want to recognize you. He wants to talk to you and send a message. He sends a personal aid, the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm, I'm oh, man. Ephesians 1.13. Some of you run the class Monday. Yeah, wait till this Monday. Ephesians 1.13. And whom you also trusted after you heard the freaks me out. I just don't understand the glories of heaven when the Holy Ghost is the down payment. Ephesians 1.14, same passage from the Amplified View. That spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. So the Holy Ghost was given to you as a seal of the guarantee of everything you're going to get on the other side. The he's the first fruits. He's the pledge. He's the foretaste. He's the down payment on our heritage. In anticipation of its full redemption. I don't even want to read the rest of this. How is the third part of the Trinity the down payment that Jesus gives you for the rest. The dude that created the air that you breathe. You know, y'all remember Genesis 1-1. It says that uh, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters before God spoke. So he was the power behind creation. Jesus spoke it, and the Holy Ghost created it. The Father gave the blueprint to Jesus. Jesus spoke it, and the Holy Ghost carried it out. That's how that works. And he's the down payment. I want you to just think about that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to peruse through this too fast because I'm just got these in graphic form. <laughs> we don't even know who this individual is. This is a divine being that is a third part of the Trinity who knows everything about the past, the present, and the future, can create anything. He is the one who helped God create the universe. And God said, I'm going to give him to you as your helper. I would expect you to ask me to help the Holy Ghost. Nope, the Holy Ghost is called to help. That lets you know how important you are. The Holy Ghost, he's called to help you. And when you give your life to Christ, you become born into this kingdom. We put him on the inside of you, and he is a seal. So that all that see you in the spirit understand that's one of them kids that's going to own God's stuff. He's the down payment. I don't know what's on the other side when the Holy... How many of the down payment is like 10%, 15%? It's the small amount. Y'all understand what I'm saying? What is on the other side where the Holy Ghost is the small amount? <laughs> then it says in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses throughout all of the world. Okay? This is, this, is, this is just like a little small itty-bitty appetizer for like the main course this weekend. But, but um, I should have put those scriptures in there. Because this month, 
we are going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the symbols of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the three variations of three that he operates in. We're going to talk about the sevenfold manifestation of the Spirit. We're going to talk about how many of y'all are still confused about when it says, be careful that you don't blaspheme the Holy Ghost. It says you can't be forgiven. I mean, that's a strong statement. And everybody's like, have I blasphemed the Holy Ghost? You can't be forgiven of that one thing? Nope. Jesus said, that's the one thing you can't be forgiven of. I will explain that. The scripture is what defines scripture. Watch this. Nobody in here has committed that sin. Y'all like, oh, oh, thank you. This, no. No, you can't. Now, let me say this is that most of you in here can commit that sin because in order to commit that sin, you have to hit five categories. Scripture makes it just as clear. You're going to be like, that's what that means. Yeah. It says if you did this, 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 it says you can't repent. But you have to hit five categories in order to commit. How I many know Jesus died for all of your sins to be forgiven? So you better believe that if it's something that you do and you can't be forgiven, this is a major deal. But you have to hit all five. And the fact that you're sitting here proves that you didn't hit all five. Amen. The fact that you're sitting here proves that you didn't hit. Never mind. Amen. So, yes. So we'll talk about, we're going to talk about all of those things this month. So you're going to have a clear view about who this is. This is somebody that is given to you. I mean, I want you to think about something. You're the CEO of a company and they give you a secretary. And her job is to do one thing, be sensitive and attentive to your needs so that you can thrive. And Jesus gives you the ultimate secretary. And we have reduced him to, yeah, he's going to show up when I go to church and help me dance and help me shop as three ushers hold me down. No, that's a different type of ghost right there. He said it ain't holy. I never forget. Oh, I got a story for you at Messiah Baptist Church. This girl was sitting right behind me, and she started doing that shouting. And that girl, she wasn't shouting. She was just, the girl, when I say that's the wildest situation I've ever seen, the girl was just acting completely berserk, and we trying to hold this girl down. And next thing you know, we had picked this girl up, and she made the mistake right in the midst of her shouting. Under the power of the Holy Ghost, she made the mistake of saying, put me down. She busted her head on that carpet. She came right out the spirit. Y'all play too much with these people. You know, it's how crazy that looks. You know how crazy that looks to the world. You said that's... That's the Holy Ghost, something that makes you act like that? Three people got to hold you down? That's what church is? Instead of telling them, oh, no, this is a divine being is more intelligent than all of your computers put together. Anyway, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Everybody say on you. Two manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit within for salvation. Holy Spirit up on for power. I'll just read a few scriptures. Every time you see up on, you'll see this. Watch this. Acts 2, 3. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
Acts 8.14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not come up on any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had received salvation. Then Peter and John laid their hands up on these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Now, now, watch this. Now, as the disciples were laying hands on people, if nothing happened, why did the dude want to have that power? No, he saw these guys lay hands on people. Then he saw the people begin to pray in this unknown language, and he felt the presence of God. He said, can I have some money so I can do this too? You remember what Paul told him? He said, you perish with your money. He said, pray that it's not going to happen. Disciples didn't play when it came to the things of God. We just let anybody do anything. It's very, very, you know, man. never mind. Acts 9, 17. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Peter said, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So this proves that you can get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost before you get water baptized. People keep adding stuff to the Bible. I'm like, would y'all just stop adding stuff? You know, it's, oh my goodness, it's just, never mind. I have to keep frustrated with all this stuff. Acts 19, then you see the reverse. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. So they accepted Jesus Christ, got water baptized, and then verse 6. But then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Okay. Y'all see that on? So it's two manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit within when you give your life to Christ. The Holy Spirit upon when you receive the second gift. Okay? No, speaking in tongues. It's two dumb, dumb things that are not in the Bible when it comes to pricking in tongues. Number one, speaking in tongues is of the devil. Then how come nobody is doing it at the Beyonce concert? How, not, how come none of the drug dealers are picking if it's of the devil? The devil wants you to think it's of the devil so that you won't use it against him because it's a weapon. And that's how far he will go. The other side is, you can't go to heaven unless you speak it in tongues. You know, sometimes you're like, do y'all sit up in the back room and figure out ways to put Christians in bondage? I'm sorry. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. And guess what's right after that? A period. It didn't say nothing after you accept Jesus Christ. It didn't even say be, it didn't even say it didn't say you would be saved if you got water baptized. Water baptized is a commandment, but it doesn't prevent you from going to heaven. Okay? It's real hard, it's real hard to be confused about what sends you to hell. Like I always say, Jesus is not looking for a reason to send you to hell. He's looking for a reason to get you to heaven. And if you study his life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, let me put this chapstick in my pocket. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it was the religious people that were always trying to put people in bondage. And it was Jesus always trying to free them from that bondage. Uh, we understand that you got somebody healed, but you did it on, 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 on the Sabbath day. And, and I love Jesus. How I many know Jesus didn't quote scriptures? He used common sense. He said, let me get this right. He said, so if your cow fall into the ditch on the Sabbath day, you're going to leave your couch in there because it's a religious holiday? He said, no, dummies. Stuck on stupid. He said, you're going to pull the cow out. That's why he kept calling out our names because they were stupid. He said, y'all didn't turn this into religious bondage. He said, I'm just a God of love. Y'all didn't turn it into religion. It was just simply a family, and my family members got kidnapped, so we started a war. Y'all didn't turn this into some type of, you know, whatever, elitist-type business. Jude 120, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay, so these are these last three right here. I did very well tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I got to start doing messages in 40, 45 minutes. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, this is, this is typically where everyone starts. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you don't start by having a relationship with him because you really don't know who he is. You know what I'm saying? No different than, I mean, when you, uh, you know, um, when you first meet somebody, you know, the first thing that happens is talking. And so uh, so you don't really know who this individual is. That's why you have to be careful about the language that you use with new people. You know, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They're like, okay, first of all, I don't know who he is. Second of all, what you mean? Because, you know, see, see, what I like about unbelievers is they keep everything in common sense. So when you say you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, they instantly think about their stomach being full of something. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, where we came from. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. What? <laughs> they don't know what that means. Most Christians don't know what that means. I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues so I can be witnesses to Jerusalem and Samaria and all of that. I ain't even been out of the D yet. I haven't been out to ATL. You, what does Jerusalem? That's how you confuse people. So when you're ministering to people, you can't use all of that Christianese. you got to break this down into very, very simple terms. That's the reason why Jesus says the kingdom of God is like that ant. That stores up food in the summertime so that winter will come. When winter comes, he has enough to eat. Oh, I got that. That's the power of God. I got that revelation, Reverend. No, here you go. With all, they don't understand all that type of stuff. Okay. So here. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. Three different translations. <laughs> Actually, four. <laughs> he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. A person who speaks in tongue is strengthened personally. He who speaks in a strange tongue edifies and improves himself. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress. That's where you start. That's where everybody starts. Unfortunately, that's why most people, most people don't get to the starting line when it comes to the Holy Spirit. They don't. They, so when they get saved, they know that they're born again, but they know nothing about the individual that moved on the inside of them. Then, if uh, they do receive the gift of tongues, they, no, one told, no one tells them, um, yeah, you know, the longer you do this, the more you become a Superman. You know, this month, no, not this month, this class, okay. Bishop Ricky and I were talking about that, how, you know, 
He came from circles. I never will forget I went to a church of God in Christ Church, I think. Some of you have heard this story, and I'm just going to repeat it, where <laughs> it was his fault. I won't mention the name, since he's, and, and he's out of the range of the camera. He worked with a young lady who her uh, husband was a pastor, so I came and did a Bible study on the job. So she liked what I shared, so she made the mistake of inviting, um, convincing her husband to let me speak, and he didn't talk to me. So I just showed up at this night conference. This is a fairly large church, too. And uh, they had some type of night service. I just felt led to minister on healing. And so uh, now, I, I, I do know that he and his wife spoke in tongues, but the entire church did not. So I thought that was very strange. But anyway, I taught on healing, and I believe I laid hands on people for healing. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure that I did. And then right before I sat down, I heard myself say something that I did not intend to say. I said, how many of you do not pray in other tongues? I don't even know why I would say something like that. That ain't got nothing to do with you sitting down after you preach the sermon. Holy Spirit tricked me. He'll put you in some embarrassing moments to get people set free. How many of y'all don't speak in tongues? This place has got it's a lot of people in here. I mean, this is stretching way back. All these hands go up. The entire church. I did just like this. Because I knew, I knew that this was going to end in me getting in trouble. I knew it. I, knew, I just, I knew it. I, I was like, oh, this is going to kill me right here. And so I just said, well, I said, if you want to pray in tongues, run down here to the altar. Whole church came down. Whole church came down. I'm just going down to the ground. See, this is also letting you know about the abilities that the Holy Spirit can bring if you just yield to him. That's what we're going to teach. Um, so he needs you to set up the natural order, and then he brings the supernatural order. And I'll never forget this. As the people were running down, I happened to look over, and a lot of churches, nothing wrong with this. This is scriptural. What they do is that in order to do that, um, they, they, um, they get anointing oil, and they anoint you with oil, and then they pray over you for to receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, that's not a method that I use because in Scripture it says they would lay hands, and then in other times it says that as they spoke the word, the anointing Holy Spirit would come upon them as the preacher talked. That's how I received it. I didn't receive it by anybody laying hands on me. I received it by the pastor. He did it from the pulpit, and it just fell on me in the audience. Boom, and I started praying that way. So I have great faith for that particular method because that's how I received it. And so I looked over, and she was getting the anointing out. And, uh, and I, I remember what I said. I said, ma'am, I won't be needing that. And the look that she gave me, you don't need the anointing oil. What type of heebie-jeebie you getting ready to do up in this church? I never get that look. I remember this like it just happened a second ago. And so uh, I didn't want the people to have time to think. So I just simply brought out one scripture. I said, you all, Luke eleven thirteen 13 says, um, if you being children, if you being carnal, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So sometimes you need to do this fast before they think themselves out of it. And so they're thinking about, wow, that scripture, me being evil, I know how to give good gifts unto my little Johnny. My heavenly father said he'll give me the Holy Spirit if I ask. They had never been taught that before. 
And so before I said, so let's do this. Let's just go ahead and ask. Everybody lift a hand and repeat after me. Father, give me the Holy Spirit, whatever little prayer I said, boom, boom. I said, now take a deep breath, and everybody start praying in tongues. Whole altar start praying in tongues, except for about three people. Mm -hmm. They going, they going, they going. One old mama, she got to irking and jerking. Yeah, that about shut. Yeah, that about yeah, that about. It's happened different for every people, you know. So then I said, all y'all spoken tongues, sat, sit down. Everybody sat down. So the old lady, she just stood there and looked at me like this. Because she was like, I can't believe this little young whippersnapper of a boy just sat up here and brought the Holy Ghost in the whole room. She just looked at me just like this. It's three people. And so I worked with them. I said, let's do this again. I said, so I'm, I'm teaching you how to do it. I said, huh? now, because you all three didn't receive, it doesn't mean anything wrong with you. You're probably more intellectual than the rest. That could have been false, but I'm just building them up. They could have been just as dumb as a frog, but you have to, you know, build people up. <clears throat> so, but many times that is true. People that take longer, they, their mind gets in the way. And so I give them a vision of something. I said, you ever seen someone ride a bike and they didn't get it the first time? See, I got their mind working out. And I said, you put them back on a bike and then they get it the second time. Now they got that vision that they're going to get it the second time. Now they faith jumps. Okay, so I led them in one time, uh, led in the, in, in the prayer again, and uh, two of the three started speaking, and then by the time I got to the girl, I remember the pastor walked over and said something about she wasn't going to get it because she was living in sin, you know. I don't know if that was true or not. I just like, by that time, by that time, I was like, yeah, let me stop. I'll never forget this. He grabbed that microphone. I sat right there. I remember it just like it happened. We praise God for the job that this young man did. But we lay hands on people at this church. I'll never forget that. That's, that's like, watch this. That's like this is a church that in order to get you healed, we lay hands on people. And then Bishop Ricky, he comes in. He stands up here and he said, Holy Ghost just touched me and said he wants me to pray a prayer over you all that are all sick. And he doesn't touch anybody. And when he prays the prayer, every person in the room gets healed of every single sickness and disease. Amen. And then Dumbbell Jr. gets up and says, now we praise God for Bishop Ricky's powerful prayer. And I know that your cancers have disappeared. Your dear diabetes is gone. You can hear now. The blind lady in the corner is shouting because she ain't never seen a day in her life. And the wheelchair people are now running around the building outside. <laughs> we appreciate what he did, but at this church, we lay hands on him. <laughs> oh, it's time for him to retire. God is my witness. Saw him about, saw that preacher about two years later at an event. And, and he was, he was, he was, he was standing here so he didn't see me. So I just tapped his shoulder. So you know how somebody taps your shoulder, you see a hand, you just reach your hand out to shake it before you see the person. He did like this. Put his hand right down, wouldn't even shake my hand. That's somebody that loves ministry but does not love men. That's somebody that back in Jesus' day would have been a 
religious Pharisee. We're going to bring this woman in adultery. Now, we're not going to bring the man. That's the first problem. Second problem is, how did y'all know she was committing adultery? Had y'all created a peephole and y'all were watching it? And decided to use her as a pawn to trick Jesus to see what he was going to do? I love Jesus. He, he, this, is what it means. this is what it means when to pray this prayer for Holy Spirit, give me the ability to see within. It means to look at a scenario and see the truth of us behind it. He saw what they were doing. And they said, according to your, the law, you say you wrote. <laughs> and that's what it said. It said if you commit adultery, you have to be stoned. See? And so uh, Jesus was very, very slick. He said, well, if none of you have ever sinned, you pick up the first rock. You got to be slick with your stuff, man. Pick up the first rock if you've never sinned. It's very interesting. The Bible says that they left from the oldest to the youngest. The oldest was left first because they had more sins to think about. And all of them left. Nobody picked up a rock. And that's why, you don't, that's why it pays to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Because you go back to read that, they hit Jesus. He didn't answer him for a moment. Have no idea what he was doing drawing in the sand. Some people say that he was drawing their sins in the sand. He might even been drawing it. This is, this is Reverend Peter. This is what he been doing. And this is Reverend you know, James. This is what he been doing. This is Theophilus. And... He got three women on the side, and they looking at Jesus right there saying, yeah, I got to go, right? I can't be singing around this. And it was deep. You had the woman who had committed adultery. He said, no man condemn you? She said, no, Lord. He said, neither do I. Don't do it again. And he walked off. You know, so that's why when people make mistakes and they do certain things. You know, any of you come from a church? See, I'm saying these things because these things deliver people because these things have been done to people in the name of the Holy Ghost. Any of it came from a church where if somebody messes up, they make them sit on the front row or they make them sit down. Some of us come from cultures from, from that. And so, so um, I decided not to do that because, yeah, you sat down this girl because she got pregnant, you know, but she's showing we don't know what the other five were doing. They just didn't get pregnant. And that's no different than the sin of gluttony. The worst sin is pride. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to be careful how you met out this, what we call punishment, to try to prove a point. And see, here's, you want to hear the crazy part about this? How many of you know that when people sinned in the Bible, they were instantly forgiven? How many of you know that when a woman committed adultery and Jesus found out, he instantly forgave her, but he didn't penalize her? How many of you know that when it came to Peter, if it's anything you should not be forgiven of, if it's anything you should go to hell for, and that is Jesus hand-trained you for three years and you leave him, cuss people out and say you don't even know the man. Yeah, you definitely got to go to hell. You need to at least visit a place for a while. You need to go down there on vacation for a week so you can taste since you're going to do this to me and stab me in the back this way. And then, and then on top of that, Peter went back to his old lifestyle. That's what you have to be careful about. He went back to his old lifestyle, and people went with him. But all of them are wrong. And so, uh, um, but Peter, Jesus didn't wait for him to come back. He went and found Peter and didn't bring up a sin. It's not an excuse for sin. He said, you love me? Yeah. He said, well, you get back to what you were doing before you disqualified yourself. See? And so, so what happens is, is that, I'll use Marquita. 
I have to be careful what I use, you know, because they, you know. Because <laughs> I, I, I use my kids because I know she ain't done to her husband. And she does something, ah, boom, and she gets pregnant. And then what we do is we set her on the front row. I know some preachers about to be mad at me, but that's okay. They're going to be mad at me. They're already mad at me, so I might as well just add more anger to the. And so what we do is we make Marquita sit on the front row. Not a whole church knows that she's sitting on the front row because she messed up. Guess what? Now, guess what I just did to her? When Jesus forgives, it's instant. There are no penalties with it. He said, I will forgive you, and I will what? Cleanse you. When I sat her down on the front row, now she believes that God hasn't forgiven her because she's still being punished for something that she did two weeks ago. You see what I'm saying? And so this, what this does is it produces a complex type of a com uh, inferiority complex. It makes the person feel condemned instead of cleansed. Well, they said I was forgiven, but and now, now Satan enters in. See, you see the problems with this? And so this is what I mean by you have to get these things right, and it starts with the personality of the individuals that have saved us and that are with us. And so, so now, the reason why this month is important is because if any of you plan on being leaders here in that respect, um, you're going to be literally doing the same thing I'm doing. And these people that are coming that you're going to be ministering to, you know. And see, let me tell you something. You'd be surprised what your abilities are if you're not afraid of being penalized. You know what I mean by that? Maybe not. I, can't, I came from circles where after you had been to the dry Bible school for a whole bunch of years, they then gave you an opportunity to preach. And they would tell you, 10 minutes. Okay? Now, how many of you know that if you're a new preacher, you're full of zeal, you're full of excitement, and you're nervous, all of those things. And so, so you would get up there, and, and then anybody that tells you when you grab this microphone, it's like time speeds up four times as fast. I just, just, I can't even believe it's 827 now. It's just, it's just unbelievable to me. It just speeds up, and you're new. You're not conscious. You're trying to deal with being up here, looking at an audience, not stumbling over your words, and then you forget to look at the clock if you got one, so they would tell you 10 minutes. Um, if you did 11 minutes, you never get a chance to preach again, and they cut you down. And then all the other people in the audience watch you get cut down because they got the same religious spirit as the pastor. Then they all beat up on that one individual. That individual now is condemned. And so then what happens is when the preachers do get up to preach, they say stuff like this. I'm not going to say nothing new because I'm just a fill-in until the pastor comes back. <laughs> people say, oh, that's mean. No, it's not. Because the circles that I came from, thousands of them that had left that place. Thousands of them just sitting by the wayside waiting for one guy to give them a microphone. It's very, very sad. Yeah, it's a tragedy. So, all of this stuff is grieving the Holy Spirit. He was like, all of y'all are supposed to be just like Jesus. And there are some men that they have hijacked the kingdom of God and turned it into a religion. And... Some of y'all would have never, some of y'all doing stuff at this church, you would have never joined this church if you had known that you was going to be doing some of this stuff. If I had known that y'all was going to have me in a room with another person casting a demon out of somebody for three hours, 
No, 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 no. I wouldn't even come join this place. I would have gone right down the street to the Catholic brothers. But that's right. They cast out demons too. I got to find somebody that don't believe in this stuff. So as I close, we're gonna, that's how we're going to pray. I just feel led to close it that way by praying this prayer. Remember, the Holy Spirit, he is the third part of the Trinity. <clears throat> he will never, what did, you, what did you say? He will never speak on his own. So when I heard move to Atlanta and be there by the end of the year, I heard the voice, but it was Jesus relaying the information through the Holy Spirit. That's an amazing thing when you have heard from the king of all kings. He takes a moment to give you an instruction. You know, I heard somebody give this explanation. They said that, um, I hope I don't mess you up and I hope I don't mess up. But they said the Holy Spirit moves faster than the speed of light when it comes to his communication skills. So they said anytime the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, it is he, what he has done is he has reduced himself down to the slowest speed to just give you a word. So imagine somebody that moves. He's all, this dude is covering the whole planet. He moves faster than the speed of light. Let me stop because I'm about to confuse my own self. I'm just... You say, everybody say, scratch that, because the reverend is about to get lost for real. It becomes difficult to explain these things, but he's a real person. And the Bible says if you grieve him, he'll shut down on you. You know, we'll talk about that, but we definitely grieve him by list. One of the first ways you grieve him by is by living a life of sin. Another way that you grieve him is by disobeying the word. You have a very, 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 very good and excellent father who wants to see you have the best in life. You grieve them when they wanted you to go right to run into the status in six months and you decide to go left and take the long journey. I think it was Vincent. He was sharing with me that he, he was the only individual that I know that's ever had a vision of the Holy Spirit. And he said he saw the Holy Spirit one time he said the person was standing in the worship service. He said, but the Holy Spirit was bent down on his knees grieving because of the lifestyle of the person that was trying to pretend like they were worshiping Jesus. He was People don't understand. When, see, we see these things religiously when the scripture says you, you can grieve the Holy That's a strong term for God. You can grieve him with your lifestyle. You can grieve him because he's been talking to you about this for five years. You can grieve him because he had somebody for you 10 years ago. But you can't get on top of this. You can grieve him because he wants to get you out of debt. But you won't even do a vision board and begin to confess the word. One, the way that you grieve the Holy Spirit is any area where he can't make you like Jesus, you have grieved him. You understand what I'm saying? This is a ghost that's holy. He's not invisible. You just can't see him. He lives on the inside of you. And the Bible says he's a legal aid, a counselor, and a helper. He's only going to repeat what Jesus told him to repeat to you. And he can do anything. So we're going to talk about the three types of three manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So that was just kind of a, it was kind of an appetizer. But. You know, I'll, I guess I'll share this. Some of you haven't heard this before. Vincent, Russian brother, um, he was telling me about his encounter with the Holy Spirit when he was called up to heaven. And um, 
He said, imagine a being. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. You know, it's very mysterious. Jesus said, uh, the Holy Ghost is going to come to planet Earth when I leave, right? But he was already here because he was on you. So where is he at? He's in one place, but he's in all places. <laughs> you got the Holy Ghost. Talking about you. He, never mind. But he said again, he said, he said, imagine a being that is so pure. He said that if you see this white piece of paper and the Holy Spirit moves next to it, he said, this paper is now black compared to how pure he is. He said, imagine a being that's one thing, but everything at the same time. He said, he said, it's, he said, it's, he's one diamond, but he's all of the diamonds. He's one ruby. But he's all of the rubies. He's water. He's fire. He's snow. He's air. He's water all at the same time. But yet he's only one of those things. He said, and you see him here, but you also see him here at the same time. And he said it was crazy. He said, man, I have a pure glass. Of, I mean, when, and when he was sharing this with me, we're both like feeling the presence of this. We're both weeping as he's sharing it with me. He said, somebody, you got a pure glass of water. He said, the Holy Spirit moves next to that glass of water. He said, and now, even though that glass of water is still pure, compared to the Holy Spirit, that's a sewer. He said, that's the being that lives on the inside of us. That's a, oh, Lord. It is very difficult to explain the value that has been placed upon us. That's what I want you to leave here today. Stop sinning. Stop being stupid. Stop saying stupid stuff over yourself. Stop Stop all of that because, um, you know, it was very interesting. Can I finish this last point? I just finished this last point. <clears throat> you know, when you're born, they assign a race to you. You know, you're black, white, Asian, Puerto Rican, whatever, all the terms that they come up with. And you're pretty much in that category. So for me, after the flesh, people would say, he's an African-American man. That's a human being, and he's a pastor. Okay. So what's very interesting is, is that when you give your life to Christ, you become, I want you to listen to this. The Bible makes it clear that you become a son of God. Um, you become a Lord. You become a king. You become a priest. The Bible says you become an ambassador. You become more than a conqueror. It says you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Those are, those are a lot of terms. How many of you know that if you're just one of them, you live large? I want you to think about if you were just a king, what type of assistant you would give the king? If you are a priest and you're just a priest, what type of an assistant you would have a priest? If you were an ambassador over to Arab nations or China or Russia or Africa, imagine what type of assistant that type of ambassador had. If it's just that one title, I mean, I mean, imagine the armor bearers you would have if you were more than a conqueror. If you're just one of those things, think about the assistance that you have. If you're just one of those things. But then the Bible says when you give your life to Christ, you're all of those things. And because you're all of those things, we got to give you that one thing called the Holy Ghost to help you become all of those things. But then this is the problem. They said, but when you get to heaven, it does not yet appear what you're going to be. So the Holy Ghost is given to you as the down payment concerning what we're going to be. 
because we don't even know what we're going to be changed into when we get to the other side. Paul said we don't even know what we're going to become on the other side. But Jesus gave us a hint. He said, you're not going to be married. And he said, no one will get married. So this is very interesting. And it's almost like you're going to have to lock yourself almost, you know what I mean, but it's lock yourself in a room and begin to uh, experiment with this. It's a book I'm going to mention now. Some of you read it. Um, I, I, I read it in 93, so it's been a minute. It's called Good Morning, Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. You know, Benny Hinn had a mysterious power when he stood on the stage. How great thou art. Pick him up, pick him up, pick him up, pick him up. He, he, just, he just sang that song, just people. I was there. Let me tell you something. You can say that man is fake. I understand Benny Hinn had a little few antics that made me uncomfortable. I understand that. I also understand that Jesus had some antics that made me uncomfortable, like spitting in somebody's eyes, making a mud cake, telling them to go jump in the river. But I was there. I'll never forget that. Two things I'll never forget at that Benny Hens meeting. When he laid hands on that black girl, and that girl levitated in the air. <laughs> and Benny Hens smacked her right back down to the ground. He said, everybody pray. She has seven demons. And, and he said, one, a two, a three, a four. That girl got up, she was free, ran around the audience. We had Joe Louis Arena, I believe. It was it 20, 30,000 seats there or something like that? And then that other lady, this older white lady, beautiful gray hair, like biblical days, they brought that woman in with a stretcher. She was as skinny as a toothpick. I couldn't even figure out. I mean, just like, just, they brought the woman in on a, like, gurney, a stretcher that you have to carry, like in biblical days, with a sheet. The lady was, the, I had never seen anybody that skinny. And Benny Hinn, he just looked over, and uh, I'll never forget this. He just leaned over, whispered something in her ear, took her by the hand, and I watched that woman's woman grow back in my very eyes. I ain't never seen the light before. I watched that woman's body grow. I heard jump off that thing and run around the building. But it started... When Benny Hinn was in his private life, fostering a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can pray in tongues for hours and not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because you're using his power, but you don't really know him. You actually have to talk to him. You have to talk to him. You have to say, Holy Spirit, I need you to start talking to me. I need to start giving me direction. I need you to, you know, you can do miracles and not know him. Remember what Jesus said? He said, people going to stand up on We cast out demons in your name and we did all these things and prophesied. And Jesus said, I don't even know who you are. Now I, the Father or the Holy Spirit, know who you are. So, so what has happened is, is that I can't even say mainstream. But those in the body of Christ that did want God, we were taught to chase after the power and not him. Because the power side is flashy. But the truth be told, Knowing him gives you full authority and dominion. I walk in a certain level of dominion, and I know I don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit like that. I know what I mean. What I'm saying is, I, I mean, I'm laxed in that area. I find myself, you know, you kind of more, you, you find yourself using the word for what it can do instead of getting acquainted with the word. Using tongues for what it can produce instead of getting acquainted with the one who gave you the language. 
And that's why the Bible says that I might know him and his power. Seek the Lord and his strength. But most of the body of Christ is seeking the strength and not even seeking it correctly. Seeking it in a mundane, ignorant, just embarrassing, religious. I don't even know what's going on in the body of Christ right now. I don't know. But y'all understand what I'm saying? So so this is a month where in order for you, and, and, and guess what? Based on what's coming in the planet right now, I need somebody in my life that knows everything. I don't already start, you know what? I don't already start, I, let me tell you, first of all, after repenting for about 15 minutes, I spent about 15 minutes today just repenting to the Holy Spirit for, I said, I know I've grieved you and don't even know how. I always assume I messed up. I don't need you to tell me. I know I did. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and re- repenting of not like talking to him and having a real relationship with him. And, and I'm not talking about no goofy stuff. Right. You're sitting at the job. What'd you say, Holy Spirit? He ain't say nothing. You're getting ready to lose your job being dumb. Okay. Anyway, y'all know what I'm saying. I'm talking about you, you. You're talking to this individual, and I need you to help me and question that just came to me. I said, Holy Spirit, I need to ask you, what is the timeline for the next negative event in planet Earth? Did not Jesus say he'll lead you and guide you in all? All it takes is for a good reverend to talk you out of that, though. Because it didn't say he would reveal all to your pastor. He said he would reveal all to you. The pastor is just keeping you on the right track. Because when you start talking to the Holy Spirit like that, the devil's going to try to come in because when that, that young man that listened to God twice, I mean, that heard the voice wrong, and then the person gave him a word, and it was wrong, he said, the first thing he said was, man, I don't know if I can trust the Holy Spirit. I said, don't even let that come out of your mouth. I said, all you're going to do next time is just be more careful. That's all. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this is going to be a month where we are going to, uh, you know, it's kind of like a husband and wife that kind of get used to each other after 20-some years. And they go to um, a, um, a retreat to reignite that fire again. <laughs> I don't know what y'all laughing at sometimes. But in the same way, I mean, that's how I was talking to the Holy Spirit is that I think that you have gone cold on me because I'm using you. That's why I have a problem with people that won't repent when they make mistakes. I'm transparent in front of everybody. I I don't care. The Bible says that everything that's done in secret is going to be revealed on the housetop for all to hear. So whatever you're hiding, you might as well confess it to the Lord or it's going to be to confess to everybody. You understand what I'm saying? But that's just a real, you've got to ask yourself. So, but I'm just so, I hope I'm not talking too soft for those that are online, but. So I'm, I'm going to stop it there, but <clears throat> it's nothing worse. You know what? If you had a computer that, or a crystal ball that would tell you everything, how many of you would use it? I, I, I know if they had a commercial at Best Buy saying, hey, you know, we have created a crystal ball. You know, that's not going to happen. But, but we created a crystal ball, and they can tell you the future. And this thing was really, really legit. Right. You, you, you'd be out there in line. Right. You might be hesitant. You'd be like, okay, before I buy this thing, 
Let me check it out. Okay. What did I do last week on Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m.? And if that thing says, well, you were at Papa Do's with your friend, you're going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this might not be a trick. And if that start, thing started giving you correct answers, man, you pay whatever you, you take that thing home, have that thing sitting right on the kitchen table. <laughs> and watch this. Every morning you would consult that thing. And yet Jesus said, I gave you a crystal ball. He's just a person. They can tell you about the past, the present, and the future. And here's the deep part. We don't, deep, most of us don't really have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit, but you want to hear something crazy? Most of us don't even misuse them. Let that sink in for a second. To misuse someone is to just use them to get what you need. Use them to get what you need. But most people don't even use the Holy Spirit to get what they need. They don't even abuse the relationship. They just don't consult him about anything. Sitting there all the time, depressed. They won't ask me nothing. That's why the scripture says God is a jealous God. Why is he jealous? Because he sees you talking to man instead of talking to him. It hurts, but it's good. It's nothing like a married couple that got a tour relationship, and then they hash it out, and then they work it out. And that doesn't always happen. I understand that, but man, that'd be the greatest example to use. But so you'll get my point. I really, I really, really had to look at. Here you are in the midst of the. Here I am taking this ministry in the midst of the ocean. And outer space in a war, and a race, and fighting invisible creatures, trying to fulfill destiny. And the individual that I gave you to show you everything, you ain't going to ask him nothing. It's a force. It's an invisible force that tries to use, you know, hocus pocus on you. Any ever knew that you were supposed to pray, you just wouldn't do it? Yes. Yes. Any of you wanted to ask God a question and you just wouldn't ask? It's weird, isn't it? It's a force. They don't want you to ask the Holy Spirit nothing because they know the answer is always legit. Always. I never forget what a holy, Yonggi Cho, man with the largest church in Korea, 700,000 members. I never forget what he said. He said, I don't need a degree. He said, I got a degree in the Holy Ghost. You know what Yonggi Cho did? This is no lie. I was, I've been to his church, so I know this. Um, you know how some places that all of the pastors and ministers sit on the podium? So, so there he had the minister sat on the podium, but he had a chair on his podium that no one can sit in because I was a chair for the Holy Spirit. He said, that's how much I yield to him. He's a person without a body. You can't see him, but that's his chair because he's running this thing. Sitting right there in front, right next to him. Got the Holy Spirit's chair in the middle. Young Cho sitting right over to the side. He said, this is the chair for the Holy Spirit and because that's how real. You can't build a church 700,000 members without a divine being showing you what to do. You understand what I'm saying? And so we really could take over this planet, but you're not going to do it because you studied Chick-fil-A business principles. You got to get an exact word from God. And sometimes you may not get that exact word 
because you need to spend six months just praying in the Holy Ghost to create the invisible blueprint and the invisible frame. Maybe you got to pray for six months to a year to clear out all of the demons for the next five years into the future. See, so before we pray, here's the question. You have one guy that's a preacher and, you know, he reads the Bible, he creates a lot of, most of the time he reads the Bible, he creates sermons and his church is growing. <laughs> you know, he's ministering to people. He's doing the right thing. And then you have the little old lady at home fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost for six hours a day, talking to him. Question is, who would have a higher place for eternity? The one that used the Holy Ghost or the one that had a relationship with him? Can I just go one more? Just, 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 just one, just one. I, just, I shouldn't share this with y'all, but since y'all been here this late, it just, I just want to add this. When I was studying about this young Korean girl that got caught up to heaven, was it the Korean girl or was it the Chinese dude? I can't remember. I don't know the Chinese dude. He came back from heaven. He gave $300 million away. You imagine going to a place for a couple of minutes. You got five, you got five, you got five hundred million dollars in the bank. You go to a place for two minutes and come back and give it all away. Y'all can have this. That's crazy. I mean, no, he saw God. He he he. <laughs> we know that when you cross over into eternity, nothing can be changed. That's very dangerous. I've never really shared this before, I don't think. But one of the things that was brought out was that wherever your relationship is with Jesus before you leave, that's where it is after you leave. You want to hear something crazy? She said there were some people that, that they, had, they had a relationship with Jesus to such a degree where Uh, I'm having a hard time. So anyway, in part of the video, Jesus visited these people that were in a particular dimension, but he was flying on an airplane. You know, like you have Air Force One. It's flying on an airplane. They said it didn't have engines, but it said it's flying on an, on an airplane. And, and he got off the airplane. He visited with the people for a little bit. And then he would get back on the airplane and leave. How many you know this sounds goofy? You're like, I don't know what this sounds like. Um, and she explained that Jesus only visits those people every once in a while because in heaven he visits you the same way in earth you visited him. And she said there were some people that they didn't live a high-level glorified life. So the place that they are in in heaven Jesus has to visit them on mundane things like flying on the airplane. You know this is going to get me in trouble on social media and all other medias. I might be on CNN tomorrow. All I'm saying is, is that the most important thing is, see, that I might know him and his power. The him is for the other side. The power is for this side. How I many know it's non-fruit of the spirit, but it's non-gift of the spirit. The non-fruit of the spirit are for eternity but the nine gifts of the Spirit are for time. 
and most of the body of Christ focuses on the gifts of the spirit and not the fruit. The reason I don't lose ever is because I focused on the fruit and not the gift. Y'all got me? Because gift looks real flashy. I'm going to stand up five people and I'm going to slap them down on the ground and everybody, I'm not saying some of that is, some of that is on point. Some of that is just as off as a three-headed frog. But then they, they put that person on a pedestal, but the young man that's at 25 years of age and carries himself with excellent character. You know, there's a young man that visited the church two weeks ago. Young kid. I think he's 22. You know what the boy told me? He said, am I crazy? I said, I don't know. You haven't given me the. He said, I'm trying to live holy. He said, but all of the girls making fun of me because I'm trying to save myself for marriage. He said, they're trying to tell me that I'm crazy and I'm stupid. He said, and I'm on the college campus. And he's, I mean, he said, this ain't like, this is not like an isolated. He said, every single last one of them. He said, including the Christian ones. She said, they're the worst ones. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I'm going to move over here in case y'all say something that might incriminate me. So, let me get off that. The point that I'm making is, uh, it has been very difficult for me. So, I had, to make a, I had to make a decision to let all of that go. It has been very difficult for me to watch people in their arrogance think that they're going down the right road and they're doing the right thing and they're dismissing what we're telling them and all that type of stuff. And they really think that when they stand before the Lord, he's going to be like, A-OK. And y'all, anyway. So, I want to make sure that when I stand before Jesus, he says, well done, that good and faithful servant. Amen. And we need to learn these things because the other side is something else. For real. Yeah, I mean, you leave this arena called time, you step through that wall and now nothing can change. It's over. And yet, the men who were in the lowest part of heaven said, don't get it wrong. They said one spot. They said one moment in the lowest part of heaven is far greater than a thousand years on the best spot on planet Earth. That's how wonderful that place is. But I'm not going to heaven to be on the bottom line. I want to be able to, let me tell you something. <laughs> When we get to heaven, you will see that it is more governmental than religious. I think that's, I realize, I think that's one of the reasons why I have such an attraction to government things. You know, my wife and I watching this show on Netflix called Designated Survivor. And my wife is just like, I am understanding you 100% now. She said, this show is just, and I, and I, I have this affinity for just like, now I'm not running office. Politics gets on my nerves. But it's the government side of it, just how they establish order and the and the things that they do and little things like when you see um, the helicopter that the president takes off on, you know, they're actually, most people don't notice, there are three helicopters that take off at the same time. It's not just one, it's three that take off. So that in case the enemy, you know, some of y'all saw, what is it, London has fallen? You know, there's a particular scene that is very, very powerful where there was an attack and they took the, they finally made, got the president back to all three helicopters. He got on one. All three of them took off. 
where it was pre-planned by the terrorists that as the helicopters flew through, there were guys standing on the rooftops with grenade launchers. And so they were shooting at the helicopters, and those helicopters, they shoot out those flares. You see that? Because the rocket will hit the flare because they're heat-seeking. So they took down the first chopper, and they were trying to weed throughout the buildings, and there's a beautiful scene where they were out of flares, and the enemy was still shooting. And that president was in the first chopper, and uh, the next chopper was right behind them. And then the first chopper said, we're all out of flares. Prepare for sacrifice. That's a beautiful scene. Because talk about what Jesus did for him. He said, prepare for sacrifice. And those dudes shot that rocket, and the helicopter moved in front of the president and lost their life. The helicopter had to take a hit because it was called to sacrifice. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. He said, I came to serve and give up my own life for ransom for many. It's a very, very powerful scene. You hear it, prepare for sacrifice. And the helicopter does like that. Rockets hit that thing, blow it up. So that the leader could keep on going. I love that stuff. And I realized that now that there are things that God has for us on the other side, running dimensions. We are kings, not religious figures. And I just don't want to lose my place, and I don't want you to lose yours either. So we're going to end this by just taking a moment. We're all going to stand, and we're just going to repent. Because I know I'm not the only one. If I am, I'm okay, because... How many of you know that when you do someone, if you are the one that did someone wrong, you can be kind of nervous trying to establish a relationship even if they forgave you? Uh, the enemy come in, and, and you might, you might, you know, I don't know how to tell you how to do this. I mean, you know it's different than when you go on a first date with someone. You don't, you know, there might be, there's probably one out there. I hope it's none of y'all. You go on a first date, and you have pre-planned all of the questions. You know, I'm going to ask him this at 7 p.m., and we're going to talk about it for two minutes. And, and, then, and then I'm going to ask him this at 7.03, and, and then we're going to order the meal at 7.15, and I'm only allowed 30 minutes to eat. Man, don't be doing no crazy stuff like that. You know what you do? You go out on a date, and you just kind of naturally, same thing. I can't tell you how to talk to the Holy Spirit, how to start a foster relationship with him. But what I can tell you is in your prayers time, just start expressing your heart to him. Express that you want to have a relationship with him. Express that you want him to talk to you. Express to him that you want him to talk to you and lead you and guide you, but that you don't want to be deceived. Express to him that I don't know how to talk to you, but could you teach me? You just have to start someplace. You know, when you get ready to read the word, Holy Spirit, you're the one that teaches me, leads me and God all truth. Help me to understand the word. Is there anything that you want me to see and to understand? You know, and, and, and I'm not saying he's going to speak immediately. You know, he doesn't waste words. But what I, what I will say is, is that, and let me tell you something. He may not speak through words. He may start speaking through pictures. You might get a glimpse. It's like, like that. Okay. And um, the same way that the Holy Spirit told him, walk this way, because he knew he was going to run into something. You might, it'll be something as simple as, you know what, let me tell you. There's a man that was on his way home from work. He was on his way home from work, and he was driving. He saw a church, and he just felt this strong impression to just go in the parking lot, just sit there. And so he just sat there, He began, and he prayed in tongues. So he just sat there. He was just praying, and he was just like, the longer he sat there, the dumber he felt. But yet he, someone just kept telling him, Holy Spirit has a weird way of talking sometimes. 
just, just stay here. Just pray. So he just kept on. He said, this, this is crazy. I'm supposed to be at home. He said, finally, he said there was a Catholic priest that came out the, out the church building because he saw the car sitting there for a long time. He said, sir, can I help you? And, you know, he was like, well, why are you sitting here? Well, you know, so he fessed up. I can't explain it, sir. You're a Catholic priest. I'm sure this happened to you. I just felt like the Lord wanted me to sit here in your parking lot and just pray. Hey. So the more and the, the short of the story is, is that the Catholic priest um, had been sitting at his desk reading a book on praying in tongues. And I just asked the Holy Spirit, I know no one that could help me receive this. Could you send somebody? You have no idea about the orchestrations of what's going on from the light side and the dark side. And so uh, and the Holy Spirit had a man pull over and just sit here. He's not going to always tell you the exact thing. Just sit here a while. You'll find out why you're here. Move to Atlanta. You didn't tell me I was going to open up a church. But after you've been in Atlanta for a while, you'll see. Long story short, the man told him, you know, so the man went into the office with the Catholic priest, laid hands on the man. The Catholic priest starts praying in other tongues. See, Bishop Oedipal, I learned this from him. He said the first time he wanted to see how real the Holy Spirit was, he gave the Holy Spirit a challenge. He said, I want you to direct me to this person's house without me finding out the directions. And so he said he walked. And he said, like an ancient king, he heard a small, still voice, turn right. So he kept on walking, turn left. Okay, he kept on walking. He said he couldn't believe that he was being directed this way. He didn't know where his friend was. Okay, turn left. Now he said, now this time the Holy Spirit told him to turn left. He said he didn't like what he was looking at. Just like your GPS, just GPS can't be right. You get embarrassed every time, don't you? Turn left. But he looked. There's no way in the world that that's the right road. He said, he said, um, um, he said like leaking out. It's, it's like he said the Holy Spirit just went cold on him. You asked me to give you direction and now you're questioning it. He said the Holy Spirit just went cold on him. He said he could feel it. He instantly repented. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just got nervous. So he went, Okay. And the next thing you know, he said the Holy Spirit directed him to an area where his friend was. He said, I never would have found that in a million years. His friend was blown away that he had found him in that particular spot. See, and so you're going to have to trust the word versus your experience. You have to trust the word versus your fear. You have to be willing the same way you are that when you start a relationship with someone, you venture out there being nervous. It's the same way you have to do the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to teach you all this month about the dangers and how to navigate through that. But guess what you all need to do when you leave here? You need to trust in your ability to hear from, hear from God. Okay? You, you don't hear from God more or less because of what you did in the past and what you did in the future. It's, it's based on the heart. And the Bible says, I am close to those who have a humble and contrite heart. It's those who feel like they're not even worthy. Those are the ones I'm trying to talk to. Okay? So let's lift our hands. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Y'all just play something for a moment. I want to just let you talk to the Lord. I might talk to the Lord myself. And uh, you do have to talk. Surprised at how I have to tell people, don't pray prayers in your mind.
Bible says if you confess, not if you think. So this is an establishment of a new order with you as well as those that are at this church because the Lord has taken us into a promised land where there are giants, where we cannot rely on our own abilities. We're in a season in planet Earth where great destruction is coming. Thank you, O Lord God. And yet God said, I'll not do anything in the earth. It's two individuals God said, I'll always talk to. Prophets and friends. Thank you. And friends are on a different level than prophets. Entirely different level. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. A powerful and mysterious being that has been given to the children of the sons, the children of God, the sons and daughters. We thank you, O Lord God, that he will never speak of himself, but he will speak and repeat what Jesus is saying unto us. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you forgive us. Forgive us for sinning. Forgive us for not listening. Forgive us for not even engaging you in the first place. Forgive us for not acknowledging you. Forgive us for quenching you and for grieving you. You have been silent to a great many of us because we have grieved you greatly for a long time. But we ask that you get over your grieving process and that you would experience joy because you said that the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. So in the name of Jesus, we ask, oh, Father, that you would forgive us, that you would cleanse us from everything that we did, everything that we said, every act of disobedience that caused the Holy Ghost to be grieved, to be quenched, and to go silent on us. We pray, oh, Lord God, that you would forgive us for causing him to be depressed and offended, for causing him to be uneasy with us because of our ways and our ignorance and our laziness and our inability to change quickly. So we thank you, Lord God, that you are forgiven us. You have cleansed us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will begin to speak unto us corporately, that you will begin to speak unto us individually, that you will begin to prophesy through us at an extremely higher level, that you will begin to reveal unto us the things that we have forgotten, that you will lead us and guide us into all truth when it comes to the present, and that you would show us the future the way Jesus commanded you to. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would foster a new and a fresh relationship with your children, with the Heavenly Father's children. Become our partner again. You never left us. You never forsaked us. You just went silent on us. So we thank you for activating again, for speaking again, for leading again, as we begin to trust you and foster relationship. Those, O oh Lord God, that are nervous, those that don't know what to do, I pray that you would lead them and that you would guide them as they pray. I thank you, Lord God, that you will give them the words. As they study, you will open up the scripture. Thank you, O Lord God, for your forgiveness on tonight. Thank you, O Lord God. Thank you that the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit will explode in our midst. Let prophecy run like a river. Let healings, O Lord God, manifest. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, O Lord God. 
Let us be known as a group, O Lord God, near and far, who no longer grieve the Holy Spirit in any area. Thank you, Jesus. We are in great anticipation and excitement with the things that he will begin to share with us all that will cause us to live in a high place in these last days, a prosperous place, a healing place. Thank you, O Lord God, place of domination. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, O Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Give God thanks that he has cleansed you. Give God thanks that he has forgiven you. Give God thanks for this new relationship that has awakened. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is sensitive and he can easily be grieved, but he is also the person that will forgive you the easiest. It's very interesting. I hate that. You know what? Maybe I'll, let's see if I can do this as I let y'all go. Bill Johnson, people crack me up, had a person that left this church simply because I mentioned Bill Johnson's name. I'm like, boy, people know that they are fickle. Okay. But anyway, Bill Johnson said the Holy Spirit is a dove. See this white piece of gum? We're going to pretend like it's a dove. Now, he was saying that how you not grieve the Holy Spirit. He said if this was a real dove on your shoulder and, if, and the dove was sitting there, he said, and you don't want the dove to leave because the, the dove will fly off if the dove becomes startled or grieved. He said, so if you need to walk around and you don't want the dove to leave, he said, every step that you take is not based on where you're going. He said, every step that you take is with sensitivity to the dove. He said, this is what it means to walk with the spirit. Every move you make, you're trying to make sure that you don't do anything that causes this thing to be grieved and then fly off your shoulder. And so that's what it means to walk with the Spirit. Those that walk with the Spirit, they will not entertain and fulfill the lust of the flesh. You have to walk sensitively, particularly when people do you wrong. When people do me wrong and stab me in the back and do all type of crazy stuff that they do, they have no idea how at home I'm saying, Holy Spirit, I don't, I, I could, even when it comes to the Word, I said, Holy Spirit, I put this together according to the Word, but I'm just wanting to check in. I'm very, very sensitive to not grieve Him, okay? And that's how you start, is uh, not starting your day without talking to him, talking to him in the car. Sometimes turn that radio off, pray in tongues, Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me on today. Holy Spirit, see, he has been given to you to help you. So all he wants you to do is ask for his help. Y'all understand? I just sat up here and put the gum in my mouth. Oh, man. So, y'all glad y'all came to church today. I'm glad y'all came this is going to be a powerful month as we roll out these things. And guess what? If you ought to plan on operating in ministry and helping us and ministering to all of these people this way, you're getting ready to really see what it means to be used by the Holy Spirit. For people to ask you a question, and as they're asking you the question, you don't know the answer. And by the time they're done with the question, the answer is deposited on the inside of you. It blows away. Y'all think I'm that deep. No, it's in, you hear me talking. You don't see the individual. I can't tell you how many times people come right up here and ask me a question. I'm like, Jesus, I don't know where this is going. And when they end that sentence, boom. Don't you remember what Jesus said? He said, you don't have to premeditate what you're going to say. He said, it'll be given to you in that moment. Y'all, that's a serious level of what you had something you want to do. Oh, 
That's a serious person that can give you that type, not with religious stuff, with anything. My mom, let me tell you something. My wife and I were in Nigeria, and they were shutting down the airline. Man, please, it was the Holy Ghost that showed us what to do. He can navigate you out of anything. Y'all got me. Okay. So, all right, let's just this quick announcement right quick. I think um, for you all that would like to come out, they're going to do a little memorial celebration for Angela Lundy on this Friday at 6 p.m. It's going to be right in the loft. It's going to be kind of more of a memorial type of a celebration. And so they're going to be doing that. So we'll be here. This is Friday, uh, this this Friday, excuse me, at 6 p.m. And so if you would like to be a part of that, it's going to, and, and at the bottom it's hard to see, but it says if you can, honor Angela by wearing blue. And so uh, if you want to come out for that, you can come out on this Friday at 6 p.m. They'll be doing that. Um, and then if you, you can see me about this, the Sheriff's Department is doing an event this Saturday, a hiring event. They turned it into like a big old block party type of thing, but apparently they need help. So if any of y'all want to get your shoot bang bang on with the Sheriff's Department, you know, just see me at the end of the service and I'll send you the flyer. It's a girl I used to go to church with. She's a sheriff. And uh, she sent me the flower because they apparently need help to prepare for Armageddon that's coming in the future. So <laughs> I'm just joking around. But if you're interested in that, just see me at the service or just text me and I'll send you the flyer. If you know anyone that is interested in working with the police department, the Bible says that there are only two callings that are explicitly explained in Scripture, that of a minister and that of a police officer. It says, make sure you pay them enough money because they do not carry the sword for anything. They are called by God to execute vengeance on those who do evil. So, yes, you do have some police officers that are off, but most of them are good. Some of them become corrupted because sometimes you become the very thing that you fight against. And it's a lot of evil out here. So, all right, let me just say this prayer over you. If you're a first time visitor, make sure you come introduce yourself to me for a moment. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you. For what is being started on tonight, it will build into great peace and great joy. It will cause us to be a righteous people, O oh Lord God. Holy Spirit, we thank you for reactivating and forgiving us. And you are ready to share great and many things, the deep things of God. Thank you for doing this. Father, as we leave this place, we declare that peace and safety goes with us all until we come together again this weekend. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Give somebody a high five, a hug, tell them to have a blessed day, and we'll see you on this weekend. Hey, this is Otho with Lionheart Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to the broadcast on today. And there may be someone out there that on today you find yourself in need of salvation or rededication, or you may not be sure that you are saved. The Bible says these things are written so that you may know. So before I pray with you, I'd like to go over a couple of scriptures. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you would believe in your heart that Jesus died for you and you would accept that, say that in the form of a prayer, you would be saved. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that salvation is not something that you can work for, but it is a gift of God to be received freely. And then my favorite is 1 John 1, 9. It says that if you would confess your sins, God would be faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So that's what the word says on that matter. So if you'd like to get in on this prayer for one of those three things that I mentioned, uh, wherever you are, if you're in your car, whether you're in your living room or in a place, um, just go ahead and just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, 
I accept what your son Jesus did for me on the cross. I thank you for his blood that washes away all of my sins. I receive forgiveness, I receive cleansing, and I take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me, cleansing me, and making me righteous. Thank you for making me a member of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, congratulations if you prayed that prayer. I just want to say a prayer over you now, Father, in Jesus' name. Anyone that prayed that prayer on today, I pray that you would fill them with the knowledge of your will, that you would restore unto them anything that the devil has stolen from them. I thank you, Lord, that you would surround them with comfort and safety and protection, and that you would bring them, O Lord God, into the perfect knowledge of your will for their lives. Thank you, Lord God, for doing this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, once again, congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. Hey, if you have any questions, just reach out to us at lionheartchurch.org. We can help speed up your spiritual growth. And once again, God bless you and be blessed.